0: This week's episode of Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers
1: provides premium stroller and crib rentals delivered straight to your Disney Orlando resort, hotel, or vacation home free of charge. You choose the time of delivery and pickup, and we do the rest. It couldn't be easier. Book your Kingdom Stroller rental today by visiting KingdomStrollers.com or call 407-271-5301.
0: Hey, howdy, hey, and thank you for joining us here on a Tiki Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. And I'm Alan. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 120 for the week of February 7th, 2016. This week we are honored to have a former Walt Disney World cast member and Elvis tribute artist whose new album brings you all of the Kingdom's classics in a whole new way. So everyone, please welcome Peter Alden into the tiki hut
1: oh, I just can't wait to be king.
0: welcome peter hi guys nice to be here nice second time around you know we just <laughs> we just we just went through this so uh you know sorry i don't know what happened that our, our connection just dropped but uh you know hopefully this time around we can stick to uh, everybody here being able to talk to each other and not disconnecting again but, what really um,
1: happened is that they hung up the phone on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we know that you're a big Disney World fan, but we're curious to know where love of Disney has come from um, and how you became a Walt Disney World cast member.
1: Well, my love of Disney came where, where where most people's comes from is when they were when they were a child, and my grandparents took my brother and I to uh, Walt Disney World in 1973 and we stayed at the Polynesian. Um, and the Polynesian and the Contemporary were the only two hotels on Disney property at the time. And, of course, we bought a lot of Disney merchandise. And back then, you could only get Disney merchandise at Walt Disney World. Right. So if, if you showed up at, at church or school with a Walt Disney World shirt on, you you might as well be the president. I mean, everybody wanted to talk to you <laughs> because you got to go to the Magic Kingdom and see Mickey. So, you know, it, it, it started there. Uh, I just had a fantastic time I, I don't know how people can not have a fantastic time when they're there I just I don't understand it so over the years we continued to go obvious obviously and when I when I got out of college I, I had a communications degree and I also had a theater minor and I and I thought well heck there's a lot of performance at Walt Disney World maybe I'll I'll throw my hat into the ring there I started out in operations and they were they they were actually overstaffed when they hired a lot of us so they put they put us in other areas until our operations jobs came available so i got to work at the diamond horseshoe review for uh, about five or six months as a as a server and thankfully, that that didn't last very long, and I got into operations. <laughs> I don't know how you can screw up serving fixed sandwiches to people. I <laughs> it's a magical to place it. on yeah, Earth, and you're no. serving sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the day the, the magic died. Yeah. Uh, but no, I finally got back into operations where, where I would wanted to be, and uh, ended up at the Jungle Cruise, which had been my favorite ride as a kid. It had always been my favorite ride and so working there was just in, in, the, in the entire adventureland area you get to they'll trade you off sometimes to different to different uh, attractions so along the way i had some stints at, at pirates of the caribbean filling in for people some of the other some of the other attractions. Oh, Davy Crockett's canoes used to be out there, so I worked at Davy Crockett's canoes, which in the in the lagoon was the only free floating vessel in the lagoon. All the oh, others were uh, on track.
3: As your first trip as a skipper, was it nervous or was it exciting or um Oh, I was scared
1: to death. <laughs> I was scared to death because I had a really I had a I was fortunate I had a fantastic trainer who was just could have could have gone into stand up comedy, and I was fortunate to have him as a trainer. And I had never done anything like that before. I, I'd been in theater, but it was still a little bit different because people are right—they're right there on you, right. <laughs> and uh, they're in your boat; and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, so uh yeah, it was it was nerve wracking. But the more I did it, the more comfortable I got. Um. And you know, by the end, by the time I had I had advanced into a lead position there, i had I'd gotten very very comfortable with that with that tour, and I, I just I really looked forward to going to work.
0: So, can you remember any of the spiel anymore? Uh, <laughs> Not to put you, have the like spot, spot, you, but. you <laughs> on the spot, no, right. put me
1: on the spot or anything. I was uh, uh, the world was in black and white when I worked at the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all I remember is something about the leaky tiki, uh, but <laughs> but uh, no, I but uh, because after after Jungle Cruise, I, I went to Haunted Mansion for a little while, then uh, I transferred over to the the Disney MGM Studios when they first opened. They took they took a lot of of well, they told us we were their best. <laughs> I don't know if we really were, but. <laughs> They told us, the willing. <laughs> you're the best of the best, and so we want you for the opening. So. Well,
0: uh, well, speaking of the opening, what was that experience like, You know, being there opening day and being in a new park that you know when it was created, when it first opened, it was, I, I don't know if it was at capacity in the beginning, but they had to keep adding new attractions because there just wasn't enough stuff uh, for people to do there.
1: No, there wasn't. And, and you're right, they just c- continued to add things. And I, I believe when they first opened, there was... Maybe just a handful of handful of things, not not too much. The the backstage tour and the great movie ride, the magic of animation, uh, Indiana Jones. That was oh, the TV the superstar television right, yeah. was there. So not not a, you're right, not not a whole lot, but it was exciting because they were doing real production there. Uh, they did. They were doing Superboy there, and of course, the Mickey Mouse Club was there, and I, I, I believe, a couple of different soap operas came through at one time or another. Uh,
0: Star Church was there for a little while.
1: Yes, a divorce court was there. Yeah. Not, Hol-
0: not Hogan not... had a show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Thunder Thunder in Paradise. Yes,
0: that's it. Yeah.
1: Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was that was filmed out of the Grand Floridian, actually. Oh, was it? A lot of a lot of it was done at the Grand Floridian. Oh, wow! Yeah,
0: yeah. Grand Floridian fans, go start watching those videos. I mean, they're, they're the, the move. Those shows aren't they're not that great. I mean, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting to see things that were filmed on on Disney property. So
1: yeah, yeah, and there were and there were a lot of things being done and. Uh, uh, that Florida really was headed into that Hollywood East kind of – kind of. at least everybody thought it was because there really was a lot of work going on. There were right. celebrities here constantly.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh, they filmed part of the Rocketeer there. And speaking of the Rocketeer, I know that you did a brief stint as the Rocketeer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: Let's, let's, you know, talk about him. Uh, I was. It was at the uh, – right after the movie came out, they had the Rocketeer Gallery. Uh, I believe the it was right across from Muppet Vision 3D, and they had a lot of the props from the movie. Uh, and they actually had two Rocketeers there uh, because they had the, the the characters who were in the in the museum. And then they also had a guy on the weekends who actually flew uh, in a in a rocket pack. Oh wow! Uh, mm. Dressed like he was dressed like the Rocketeer. It was that was that was really cool. Um, unfortunately, most of the kids thought it was those of us who were dressed up walking around in the museum. So <laughs> more than once, people hopped on my back, you oh, know, no. wanting, <laughs> wanting to run oh, no. But it was interesting because the Rocketeer was another character that even though your face is covered, you were considered a face character because you could talk. And for those people right. that don't know what that means, face characters are the, the characters like Prince Charming or Snow White or Cinderella that, that aren't wearing... Creature costumes, and they can they can actually talk and interact with people. The Rocketeer could could talk and interact with people. Uh, they they even had it down. And I don't know if you've seen the movie, but the Rocketeer was a big fan of um, Blackjack chewing gum. Right. And we they gave us this gum, and we had to chew this gum, and it was absolutely awful really Oh, it was like it was like chewing on tar it was it was absolutely awful it was cuz it was licorice but uh, it was licorice as a uh, gum
0: gotcha yeah man
1: but that apparently it appara- apparently it was very popular in the 1940s
0: so. uh, i don't think i could do that I, I don't mind licorice but licorice gum no i don't think i could do that
1: I, you know what i got to tell you there's something pretty cool about putting that outfit on. I'm sure. So,
2: you know, it's when you're wearing that outfit and they're,
1: and they're telling you you got to chew this gum, okay, because <laughs> I look really cool right now. So.
3: Is there another character that you would have chosen to play as well?
1: Uh, I'm pretty tall, so... Character the characters at that time when I was there, Star Wars wasn't there. So about the only other character that I could have done would have been say Goofy or And Goofy would have been a fun character to do. Yeah. That that's a character you can have a lot of fun with. But as of now, I think it would be great to be Darth Vader. I just oh, that, yeah. That, yeah. Uh-huh. that would just that would just I would love that.
3: Birdie told us that you're also like a Marvel fan. Yes. Um, is there a favorite book or character that you have?
1: <laughs> my favorite has always been Captain America. Mm. That being said, uh, Spider Man, Spider Man is is another one that 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 I did I did really like because his his secret identity was was Peter Parker, so as a superhero of my my same name, so <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was cool.
0: Yeah, Captain America is is my favorite superhero. So what is your opinion on some of the the T V shows and movies? Are you are you a fan of them or are you just more of a comic book purist?
1: You know what? I am a fan of even those ones from the nineteen seventies because that was the first time any of those had been on television for us. Right. I remember the 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 old Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man, you could see the wire as he was walking up uh-huh. the wall <laughs> and, and it was it, it was just it was just so terrible. But you know, for for kids, there was my uh, I had a l- little boy who was homesick from school, and he saw I have the I have the DVDs uh, at home of that show, and he saw them on the shelf, and he was a he's a huge huge Spider Man fan, and he wanted to watch it, and I said, well, you got to keep in mind this is from <laughs> 1970s. There's, there's no special effects. You can see the wires they're pulling him up the side of the building. The costume is just ridiculous but we ended up watching the entire first season he loved it so much because oh, he, wow. he just loves spider-man and so anything with spider-man he he latched onto. the captain america movies were horrible back in the 70s i was a captain america fan and, and i was disappointed in those but i don't know anybody who didn't love the incredible Hulk. that show was very well done
0: oh yeah I, I, it's funny when you get together with some of my parents old friends and they'll tell you when I used to watch that Incredible Hulk show, anytime he turned into the Incredible Hulk, I would, I would cover my face and go, no, no, no. But then once he <laughs> finished completing, I was fine with watching it. They used to always make fun of me like, oh, I remember when you were a little boy and he would turn green and you would freak out. <laughs> but that was a good show.
1: I-, I just remember trying to figure out how Lou Ferrigno could fit in Bill Bixby's pants because <laughs> they never ripped. No, they never did.
3: <laughs> it's a lot of elastic. Yes. <laughs> Are you um, excited Spider-Man is now part of the like Avengers and will be added to that franchise
1: now? If it keeps Toby Keith from ever playing Spider-Man again, or Toby Keith, what's... <laughs> Toby Keith. <laughs> That's the country singer. <laughs> Toby <laughs> Keith, too. Yeah, he yes, would be a horrible yes,
3: Spider-Man. Yes, yes,
1: swinging <laughs> around with his, his red Solo cup. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who's it? Toby Maguire. Yeah. Yeah. I was not fun. I actually like Nichols Hammond. Uh, uh, he he looked the, the of what I imagined Peter yeah, Parker did, yeah. was. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I am it's gonna be it's gonna be neat to see him in this new movie. I think uh, see what see what they do with him now that they got the rights back t- to that character.
0: So where did your love of the 50s and 60s music come from?
1: Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> my both of my parents were into classical music. Um, I would probably say my grandparents, my grandparents liked, uh, they liked a lot of the big bands, but they were probably the only parents in America that invited their two daughters into the living room to watch Ed Sullivan have Elvis on. <laughs> they, uh, they just, they just thought it was, it was hilarious. And they, of course, they never thought he would last very long.
3: Right.
1: Um, I remember my grandmother telling me, "Oh goodness, all that wiggling! He's never gonna." He's <laughs> ne- <You know? laughs> um, but the music is just so good, and I, I honestly, I, I really, I, I really can't pinpoint. Other than I remember started listening to some of the the Rock Reflection shows when I was growing up. I was in the sh- I, I did the musical Grease. so they wanted us to listen to a lot of. A lot of that type of music while we were doing Greece, so it just it just kind of you know just grew because I I I like a lot of other styles of music, but but that is that is probably my favorite.
3: I took my wife to see Frankie Valli it was here last year, and he just he still sounds fantastic. Yeah, the crowd everybody was just like jumping up and down and screaming i mean it's just a it kind of just like it lifts your spirits it's a feel good like type of music and I,
1: I think that like that's what draws a lot of people to it oh i agree i i it, it people know the words they sing along with the music uh it it doesn't it, you know there's no hidden messages in it it's just good fun music and uh People can, like you said, tap their tap their toes. They can get out and dance if they want to, but it's also fun to just sit and listen to.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, Frankie Frankie Valley's still amazing, still amazing. So so many of them are. It's it's unbelievable. You, you think about you think about these people uh, that their careers really not what they once were and they're they're even and sadly they're they're almost even better now than right. when, they, when they were at the height of their career yeah I mean Frankie Valley's voice has just grown tremendously even even from when he was with the Four Seasons so yeah and I think that's why look the the, the spring fling when Disney brings all these classic acts yeah back to Epcot those those People flock to see them. It's just, it just, it's amazing to me.
0: It's just yeah. also something that you're familiar with and that you know that you know. A lot of people that, I mean, I listen. My parents just to listen to that music all the time, and I'm still a fan of it. So it's just something that just, I guess, it just brought down from you know one generation to another. It's just passed on, and and people love it. They're familiar with it. It's it's like uh, it's like coming home to uh, macaroni and cheese. It's just, it's comforting, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That that's a that's a great description of it. Absolutely. You know, some of these songs, you can, you can, you can absolutely remember where you were or what you were doing when, when certain songs were on. Right. And, uh, you know, not to say that that can't be done with music now, but I don't know. <laughs> it just can't. <laughs> it, okay. All right. Let's just agree to, let's just say it can't. <laughs> so.
3: so how did you choose like Elvis focus on to be uh, a tribute artist for?
1: Well, in college, I did the show Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that show. Yeah, the uh, movie. I do. Yeah, yeah. And the the director had put a little rockabilly combo together to be Conrad Birdie's band, so we wouldn't have to do this rock and roll musical with just a piano. So he put the little combo together, and we learned. You know, we we learned the the Conrad Birdie songs, and and I had I had known who Elvis was and I liked Elvis' music, which is why I auditioned for the show, but he really made me just concentrate on just Elvis in the fifties and just watch a lot of stuff and see what he does, because that's what we want Conrad Rurry to be like. And so I did that. I'm I'm up there, as my grandmother say, wiggling around and all of a sudden, I started getting noticed by girls that hadn't noticed me before. So I thought, hmm, <laughs> there's <do> something, <laughs> there's something to this. And uh, that was also about the time that uh, the stray cats were getting really popular. Uh, okay, with right. "Rock This Town" right. and "Stray yeah. Cat Strut." And so we we learned those two songs, and we learned uh, some Elvis, some Johnny Cash, um, some Jerry Lee Lewis carl perkins and we started playing fraternity parties because the stray cats were so huge so having a rockabilly band at a fraternity party was no problem at all so we started doing that and and it kind of snowballed from there really so watching some of your videos
0: on youtube it's pretty obvious that you spent a lot of time studying elvis to make it very authentic was it a daunting task for you i mean did it, i mean because you know he's america's favorite rock icon for the most part
1: no, it wasn't because, uh, as I said, I had always been a fan. So, as opposed to having to do it because you got assigned to do it, would I guess would have been different. But it's something that I wanted to do and I liked to do. So, no, it wasn't. It was, that that part of it wasn't daunting me at all. In fact, I, I watched a lot of stuff for hours just trying to. And you know, there were certain moves that, that I would watch to go, "How the heck did he do that?" <laughs> You know, just it's just it was just amazing. But, uh, no, I, 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 I enjoyed studying all that and learning how to do it. It was fun for me.
3: And you have traveled pretty much all over the world. Are you still amazed, like, at the
1: influence that Elvis, like, still carries around the world? Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely amazing. There are, and there are Elvis fans everywhere. They are everywhere, and I think Elvis and Mickey Mouse are probably the two most recognized uh, icons, if you will, uh, f- from from America that that people know. Right. right. And uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing how a, a lot of the guy, a lot of the, the the rock acts talk about how Elvis influenced them, and you're like, how did Elvis influence them? And then. You and you start to you hear them talk about their music and, and what what Elvis influenced in their music or how he influenced their stage uh, mannerisms or, or or how they dressed for the stage or, or whatever. So there's different ways he inspired people, whether it be their singing style or their dressing style or or the types of songs that they recorded. Um, but he he certainly did influence uh, just uh, it's, it's it's an un- enormous amount of enormous amount of people in 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 all areas of music so yeah it 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 it's amazing how you can go just about just about anywhere i think in Israel there's actually even an elvis bar really uh, yeah <laughs> themed <laughs> theme to elvis so <laughs>
3: I'm sure that you have tons of funny stories from performances and fans. Is there any that will, like, stand out?
1: Uh this is probably the embarrassing one stands out the most. <laughs> Those uh, are
3: always uh, the best ones. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to tell a good one, and I'm going to tell the embarrassing one. The embar- I, I, this, When the, the, Florida, the Florida Citrus Bowl, uh, and I remember what, it was 95, I think it was. It was Ohio State versus Alabama. And it was a halftime show was a salute to the 50s. And I was there doing Elvis. There was a guy there doing Fats Domino and a guy doing Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, they started out on the stage that had been brought out to the center of the field. So they were already there. My entrance was to be uh, come running out to the stage while the, you know, that Elvis muse, that Elvis theme was playing and they had a thousand, a a thousand or so of these high school uh, cheerleaders that were all dressed like highway patrol uh, people who were coming out with me. And here's the thing. It had been misting all more, not raining, but just kind of misting. I come running out that music's going and, and, you know the the crowd the crowd erupted when i came out and with with all the with all the little highway patrol men around me and i jumped onto the stage and literally did a looney tunes banana peel
3: oh no oh.
1: right 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 as abc had uh. a close up of me I got, uh, you know, so I I thankfully, you know, here's the thing. Thankfully, I was able to get back. I didn't break my leg or anything. So I was right. able to get right back up and and shake it off and, and do my show. And so I had, a, I had a, a buddy there with me and I came back and I was just I was just deflated because I thought this was going to be my big break. And uh, he said, dude, listen, there's a football game going on. I don't <laughs> think you need to worry about that. And here right. I can, You know what? He t- and he turns on the radio and literally, you could have not made this happen if you had planned it. He turns on the radio and the announcers are just finishing up their game recap. And that was a great game. Oh, and did you see the halftime show? Oh, no. <laughs> when Elvis fell on his
2: oh.
1: butt. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, so I got home and you know, the there's like Eighty-five messages on my phone. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, so I hit, I, I hit play, and my brother was the first one up, and all he was he after he finished laughing, he's like safe. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was awful. But one of the cool things uh, when I was up in Nashville, I worked with uh, the band that I work with normally and that I record with is a band called Crown Electric Company. And David Fontana is my drummer in that band. David's father, DJ Fontana, was Elvis's original drummer. Oh, wow. And we had just started working together. We were at a, a real, just a dive bar in Nashville playing uh, Rockabilly. We were getting ready to do Blue Suede Shoes. And Dave says, you know, I don't really want to play this song tonight out loud, you know, on, on stage. And he gets up and walks off. He says, I'll see if I can find a different drummer for you. And his dad was there. Oh, wow. And so he gets his dad up, and we we went through – we did Blue Suede Shoes. So I'm up there singing Blue Suede Shoes with the guy who's on the record. And uh, wow. it was – that was just – that was – so I, I made Blue Suede Shoes last for like 29 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do the same. <laughs> I, I gave everybody solos in that one. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. One of the reasons why we had you on was um, for you to promote your, your new album. Yes. Kingdom Classics, which is a Disney-inspired album with um, you know some popular Disney tunes. You know, it's with a little bit of a Elvis kick to it. But uh, before we get into that, I want to talk about just talk a second about um, you know your biggest fan and that being uh, your son Gabriel, who um, yes. you know passed away. Tell us, tell everybody a little bit about your son and you know some of the inspiration for some of the music towards Kingdom.
1: Well he was uh, he was the he was the one that I was telling you about earlier that was the huge Spider-Man mm-hmm. fan. He would come to he would come to the shows and just there was something in his body that just made him want to get up and move and twist around and spin and dance and so he would go out and just dance and just dance 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 while I was doing songs, but he didn't like the slow songs. Right. He would always, he'd always tell me, "You got to stop doing those slow songs because it 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 wrecks my mojo." <laughs> so, so I said, "Well, unfortunately, your mojo need doesn't need as much of a breather as my mojo. Needs, so, your mojo is going to have to deal with some of these slow songs." Uh, but he, he he loved me. He loved being on stage. He was he loved making people laugh, and he was one of these kind of kids that he he knew how cute he was, <laughs> so he knew he had everybody in the palm of his hand. Right. Um, but he was just so genuine that that you couldn't help but just be mesmerized by him. Um, and he, uh, I, I've I've always thought that you know that his soul kind of knew that it wasn't going to be here for very long. So, you know, he just, that he just wanted to experience as much as he could possibly experience before he, before he left, because this, you know, there were problems. The problems that we had with him was we couldn't calm him down. He was always putting on shows at school, you know, just disrupting the teacher and being funny and making the kids laugh because that's, that's what he wanted to do. But, that aside there was just he just was up for experiencing anything He's was one of the best eaters for a, for a little boy or a little child in general that i've ever seen in my life he would try he I mean, didn't like everything but he would he would certainly give it a college try yeah just just really you know just really touched touched so many people in in such a little a little amount of time but he like i said he he liked the fast songs so you know, we did keep a lot of that in mind when we uh, when we put this together, as, as far as stuff he liked to dance to. So,
0: out of curiosity, uh, Bare Necessities" is that one of his favorite songs to
1: listen to? Um, honestly, he had he had a couple of favorite movies. His absolute favorite was Ratatouille. I love that movie. That was his <laughs> absolute. He, he could watch that movie and and ask you to rewind it and 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 watch it again. Um, that was his absolute favorite. He liked, um, incidentally enough, his brother, who was not the en- entertainer or performer or anything, loved Lilo and Stitch. So, <laughs> 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 and so that's funny. Uh, yeah. So um, and it's not that Gabe didn't like that one. That was just not one of his favorites. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Because he he you know he loved he would love to walk in a room and just go boom baby <laughs> Hercules so yeah he liked all that that upbeat upbeat kind of upbeat kind of stuff
0: I love I mean I love I love the song Bare Necessities I mean that's just a, a classic song in any sense of the word especially coming from Disney but when I'm listening to that on your on your album okay we know it's all upbeat and everything like it just it just just something a little bit different to the song it seems like. Out of all the songs on the album that that song seems like you're the most happy singing it. So that's I was just curious if that was the case.
1: Yeah, he he liked that movie. That one and uh I just can't wait to be king. Okay. Yeah. Uh was another one that was, was another one that he really liked, but yeah, well, fortunately, my producer Terry and I, who have, and Terry's produced uh, just about everything I've done. He and I will will try to find the right kind of atmosphere for for recording, as opposed to just going in and okay, just just sing it. And let's 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 move on right. to the next thing. So we try to, you know, I was trying to get into okay, here's and he's blue and he's he's talking about. You know, look, just just let go, and uh, you know, don't worry about all this other stuff. Just uh, just and so, yeah, it was it was a, that was a that was a fun one to do. That was a fun one to do.
0: Yeah, that's probably my that's definitely my favorite one on there.
1: Oh, great, great. Were there some songs that you wanted
3: to include but it just didn't fit like that style of music,
1: or because I couldn't sing them? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, um, it, it was the style part. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We uh, because we toyed around with doing uh, Bella Note from Lady in the Tram, mm. uh, but there was just there was just no way that we could change that one enough to to make it really fit. Uh, there are a couple of songs from the Arista Cats that we thought about a little bit too late that that we might want to do on another project. Okay. Uh, the one thing that we really wanted to do, other than, I, I don't know if you want to say it's certain songs that you have to do because because Disney fans almost demand them. I just really wanted to do songs that people knew and remembered, but yet some that you remembered but, but, but you hadn't heard in a while. Like Bare Necessities, quite honestly, it was one of those. Everybody nowadays is doing uh, I Want to Be Like You from... From Jungle Book, and very few people do Bear Necessities, uh, and we we talked about that, and that's why sp- specifically we chose Bear Necessities instead of I want to be like you because everybody does I want to be like you, but not too many people do Bear Necessities, so we, uh, you know, we we picked that one. Uh, as I said, everybody wants to be a cat from the Aristocats. I think would have been a really good one to do.
0: Well, tell us about uh, uh, Pinocchio's boogie. Is that uh, was that written by you? Because I don't I don't know that one.
1: No, that one and Rock Around the Mouse both come from an album I had as a kid. I bought it at Disney. It was actually was a, a an A track.
0: <laughs> oh right we're, we're going old school so real, it was old
1: school but it was it was set up 50s and 60s style songs uh, about Mickey Mouse and and Disney but none of them were in movies or anything there was one um little richard saying Something I can't remember what it was, but he sang one of the songs on there. But, but, uh, Pinocchio's Boogie and, and Rock Around the Mouse both came from that album. Okay. Uh, those were two of my favorites from now. There are a couple others on there that, that we might do on another project. Uh, if this, if, if people would, would want another one, uh, you know, it's, it's it's funny. You talk about what can we do on the next one? And then we both looked at each other one night and thought, "Well, nobody's heard this one yet, so <laughs> we'd better wait till this one comes out before we start planning uh, episode three and four. And let it go is
3: probably on that list too. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I've let it go.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny. I was listening before we ate dinner tonight. We were, I was playing um, your album for my kids and they got down to rock around the mouse. And I'm like,
1: Oh, what's this? I like this one. (laughs) Oh, oh, great. They only, they like the (laughs) very best.
0: Well, they, I, I I think that was like halfway through. They weren't like necessarily paying attention, but they're like, Oh, I really like this one, daddy. I'm like, Oh, okay, okay, good. So. I, I think it's because it's probably different because I have. I mean, I, have, I play Disney music all the time, so they're probably not used to hearing that song. So that's probably why they say that.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I've 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 done it a few times, and and so that that one or Pinocchio's boogie, and, and people come. That's that's interesting. What what movie is that from? Is that <laughs> from Pinocchio that, that I didn't remember? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. But uh, we included them because uh, I, I wanted to. I, I thought they fit, especially for the style of music that we were doing. Right? Uh, they they fit.
0: In uh, Hakuna, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Hakuna, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna uh, Matata. How did you get your voice up so high for the second part? For the I guess the Pumba part.
1: Right? Oh, that's not me as Pumba. Oh, it's not. No, that's that's my producer Terry.
0: Oh, it sounds like you. Like you. Oh, <laughs> Like you're uh, no holding that's, uh, it in and letting it go, but I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, good. I'm glad you did, and I, I will. I will make sure to let him know because he did not want to do it. Really, <laughs> <laughs> he did not want to do it. And the funny thing is that you say that because I thought I told him. I said Terry, people are going to know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> if, if doing, so I got to well, Terry, you sound just like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no he he did the he did the Pumbaa part. I I did not do that.
0: Uh, I mean, overall, it was. A, I really enjoyed it. My kids enjoyed it.
1: Good, so I did too.
3: Yeah, it's. Uh, it's really. It's fun. It's. It's one of those that you can just, put on and and listen from top to bottom. It's a really excellent, well done album.
1: Well, I I appreciate that. Um, I I really do because we we did worry about that when we were trying to put the things together. We talked to a, a lot of different people. And the, the one thing we got with Disney, and, and as you were saying earlier about the 50s and 60s music, it's stuff that people know and they feel comfortable with. And they like singing along with it. People don't get tired of these songs. They, they, there's something about this music that the people who are fans of, they love to listen to it and they want to sing along with it. So when you come out with a version that's so far removed with from what they're used to and they can't sing along with it. I, I think the joy—the joy is gone because I think that's where the joy for a lot of the people is: yeah, is sing true. along with with, as you said, "Let It Go" or "Hakuna Matata" or, uh, you know, and, and, I mean, pick any of those songs. I mean, people people sing along with Disney stuff constantly, and and so we wanted to keep the same. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The same structure of the song. So that the people who knew, you know, even though we changed around When You Wish Upon a Star a little bit, they, st- they could still sing along with it because it's still the same right. basic song. Hakuna right. Matata is still the same basic song. Uh, Bare Necessities is still the same basic song. It- it's just that, you know, we-, we put a little bit of different twist on it. But I- I'm hoping that that's what people will enjoy is that they can sing along with it still.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's definitely the oh, case. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was, and I don't sound <laughs> good at
3: all. I was just in my car, and I was playing it. And I was singing along. And <laughs> all
0: right, so Peter, everybody that comes on to our show, we have them answer the same five questions, no matter who they are. So um, it's called the Tiki Lightning Round. So it'll be it'll be pretty quick. So uh, okay, your favorite snack in the parks?
1: G- Got to be the Mickey Mouse bar. All
0: right, favorite attraction? Jungle Cruise. Favorite character? Buzz Lightyear. Favorite Disney movie? Snow White. And your favorite Disney park memory?
1: My favorite Disney park memory was from when I was working at the backstage studio tour. I was at the greeter position. And a little boy came up to me, maybe six, seven years old, if that telling me that uh, everything he had seen they saw animation we saw the great movie ride and we're gonna go see Indiana Jones later and an older woman came up and kind of you know how old ladies like pinch your cheeks right (laughs) she she took this little kid and she pinched his cheeks and she said you are just the cutest little thing I've ever seen I could just (laughs) I could just wrap you up and take you home and the kid looks at her and goes that would be kidnapping (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious.
1: And, yeah, <laughs> that and I, I was. I, yeah, <laughs> I had fallen on the ground. I was laughing so hard. So. Oh my gosh.
0: Peter, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your evening to uh, spend with us. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can um, purchase your CD? You know, uh, just give everybody the lowdown about uh, you know where they can find you.
1: Well, we have a website, com uh we're also on facebook peter alden fans we are we're working on getting it on itunes right now okay that it is it's not up uh, right as yet but um either through the website or through peter alden fans uh you can you can get copies uh physical physical copies and and we will uh send them out to you asap
0: is there any plans to put it on like Amazon or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I, I'm working on getting the uh, the uh, licensing for for uh, multiple um, digital downloads. It's a different type of license. Oh, okay. So uh, as soon as I get that license, yeah, I would like to put it on iTunes, Amazon. I, I, I I'm I am gonna I am gonna have it on CD Baby very soon. Okay. So
0: okay. So um, within you know i'm sure within a few weeks
1: well, as we'll soon start. as cd baby gets the cuz co- with with them you have to mail them the actual copies oh, okay. of, gotcha. of your cds so as soon as they get them they they let you know okay we got them and now your store is up and ready to go
0: okay good so everybody make sure you uh, check that out thanks once again peter for coming on
1: oh thank you guys great. i really appreciate it. i'm really happy you like the uh, cd uh, that 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 makes me very happy and i appreciate you having me on your show it was great fun awesome
2: oh, you're welcome. thank you That's going to do it for this week, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers provides premium stroller and crib rentals delivered straight to your door. For more information, visit KingdomStrollers.com or call 407-271-5301. While you're at it, when you're down at Disney World, you get tired of your boring magic band, well, go check out MyFantasyBands.com, our newest sponsor. You want to customize your magic band with some really awesome decals? Go check out that website and use the code Talk 20 That's Talk 20 to get 20% off your, mad, your fantasy band order. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the show. You can comment in the notes over at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. You can email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. And you can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Please like us on Facebook. Check out our store at RedBubble.com. And follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Tiki Talk Podcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at one minute Disney Dream, that's one M. I. N. Disney Dream and mouseworldvacations.com.
2: dot com. And you
3: can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dull Whip Daily.
2: And you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Norman Bates, that's N O R M N B, the number eight and the letter S. Thanks for listening this week for Sean and Keith, I'm Allen, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. Yeah, you
1: so, so this is how my life goes. So, right in the middle, and I was. Uh...
0: Let, let's just uh, let's just start from the beginning again. You,
1: I mean, we're just. Wasn't the day that Billy Holly's plane went down? Uh, today's the <laughs> third, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Let me just do the introduction. The podcast died. Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh man! All right. Once again.